from verse 1, Mark's gospel account has been about one thing. Showing us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Showing us that He is both Lord and God. And, and leaving us at every point, with every story, with every account of His life and death and to His resurrection, leaving us with a choice to follow this Jesus or choose another route. We come to yet another choice, a crossroads in this last part of Mark's Gospel. Mark 15, beginning in verse 42. Mark 15, beginning in verse 42, to chapter 16, verse 8. This is a passage that reminds us saving faith receives the divine proclamation, divine message about the risen Jesus and follows Him. Saving faith receives the the divine Word of God about the risen Jesus and follows after Him. Begin reading in Mark chapter 15, verse 42. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Going to pause there. This is the the burial account of our Lord in Mark's Gospel. The women saw Jesus buried. Two of them in particular are named here. Two different Marys. They saw Jesus laid in that tomb. They saw Jesus whom they... They believed to be God's promised deliverer, the Messiah, dead and buried. We know from the word of the Lord that this happened in fulfillment of His divine plan, His decree. For we read in places like Isaiah 53 verse 9, His grave was assigned to be with wicked men, yet with a rich man in His death. That word was being fulfilled. But these women, they could not yet see that. They hadn't seen the unfolding of the plan of God. They didn't know the grave would have the last word. 
that Saturday leaves us in a hopeless kind of place. But the story is not finished, even though they did not know it on that day. So after the Sabbath rest, as soon as the sun was up, on the first day of the week, these women went to honor the Lord in His death. Mark 16, verses 1-2 to tells us, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. You know, it's interesting. The Passion narrative, this narrative of the last week of our Lord, began with a woman anointing Jesus, which Jesus said was for His burial. Mark 14, verse 8. And now, it's concluding with a group of women who saw where Jesus was laid and they're coming to anoint His body for burial. But that burial wasn't the end of the story. So they come and they love their Lord. They're doing this to honor Him. And on the way, they start to ask each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Verse 3. All of a sudden, they realize we've forgotten about rolling away the stone. What are they going to do? Well, as they look up the hill, verse 4 tells us, and looking up, they saw the tomb, or they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. They saw this great big stone rolled away, and they entered, verse 5, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Understandable. That they were, they were frightened. They saw Jesus buried, and now they see the tomb. And not only is the tomb open, but it's empty, except for an angel. The text tells us a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And you might think that a young man clothed in white robes doesn't sound much like an angel. There are no shiny wings and harps here. But this is angelic language, scriptural angelic language. Yes, there, there are wild-looking, uh, many-winged cherubim with four faces in heaven. But, it's, but whenever angels, whenever created beings, spirits who serve the living God, come among humans and come to proclaim a message, they appear like a man. The white robes 
and the divine message, not to mention the women's terror, make it clear that this person was not a mere man, but an angelic messenger from God. Some commentators, some scholars note that that sitting on the right side is a sign of of, uh, good news. Well, this is the message of the angel, verses 6 and 7. And here's where we'll concentrate our attention. Verse 6, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The angel reassures them, don't be afraid. They didn't have a need to fear this was good news. And then he tells them, the one they were looking for, Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified, there's no doubt this is whom the angel was talking about. And this is who the women were seeking. Jesus who is crucified is risen and He is not here. That's the good news. Jesus is risen. And the only evidence that's given here by the angel is the empty space where Jesus once lay. This was important evidence because the Jewish people could have easily proven that false if it wasn't true. The authorities could have unlocked that tomb and had a look around. But nobody objected to the fact that the tomb was empty. And yet the proof that Jesus was raised from the dead is not ultimately in the empty tomb, but in the word of revelation that's given. William Lane rightly comments on this. History can only declare that Jesus' body disappeared. That's all the empty tomb can tell us. It's gone. But this baffling fact fails to communicate the gospel. You see, the empty tomb without a divine explanation and without the divine appearances of our Lord is merely a great mystery. It's just a matter of speculation. Oh, I wonder what happened. That's a curious thing. But the word of the angel reveals to us the truth of the matter from the Lord God Himself. This is His Word about His Son. The grave could not contain Jesus. He's risen. He is alive again. And this message we must receive by faith. We must receive it by faith. But it's not only that Jesus is risen. The last part of the angel's message in verse 7 is that the women were to go with this message 
tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus was going before them to Galilee. And they would see Him there just as He promised. The angel's message, the message the women were to pass on was that Jesus' own words were being fulfilled here. His words spoken in Mark 14, verses 27 and 28. But Jesus said that He would be raised up. He would gather His people. He would go before them and gather them. See, the good news of the resurrection is not only that He's alive, but that He is keeping His Word Shepherd His people. To go before them is the language of leading as a shepherd would lead. This is in a passage where Jesus had declared that they would all fall away. But yet, that He would be merciful and He would be faithful to find them and take them under His care again. That's what Jesus was promising to do. It's interesting also that Peter was singled out in Mark chapter 14. He would deny the Lord three times, Jesus said. But here, Peter is again mentioned. And the angel says, Jesus is going to gather you all together. He's going to go before you. Even, even you, Peter. Jesus is even faithful and merciful to those like Peter who talked strong but denied Jesus three times. That's good news. G good news. News of a good shepherd. News of a king who's Merciful and powerful, for death cannot defeat him. The Good Shepherd is alive. So we've seen in this passage that the woman saw Jesus buried, they saw the empty tomb. And they heard the angel's message. They heard this news that Jesus has risen and that they were to go and tell about the good shepherd. That he was going to lead them and gather them together. And then they fled. They fled. Their response is recorded in verse 8. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. A little bit of shock and, and amazement. You know, they, they reacted like any one of us would. With such awesome news. If God interrupted our everyday lives in such an unmistakable, miraculous way. We, we 
don't have the capacity to take it all in all at once. They freaked out. It was so much for them. The reaction is a bit like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration where he decided to open his mouth because he was just, I don't know what to say. And so he suggested building some tents for Moses and Elijah and Jesus. It wasn't his brightest moment and, and it wasn't the women's brightest moment either. They forgot even what the angel told them to do because they were afraid. But it is indeed very much like us. And sometimes I think that we've heard so much about the resurrection, it doesn't shock us like it should. We don't empathize with these women at all because, of course, he's risen, right? I mean, this is the best news you could have ever heard. And so they were amazed, even terrified. They really didn't know what to do initially. And on this note, Mark appears to have ended his gospel. Scholars debate the authenticity of the last 12 verses and when were they added? Were they original? Were they added shortly afterwards? Uh, one theory is that Mark had to stop for some reason and perhaps persecution and soon after the rest was added on. And so there's a little bit of a, of a, a shift going on from verses 8 to 9 and maybe that's why uh, others uh, believe that Mark intentionally ended on verse 8 and well-meaning scribes added the rest years later. We're going to discuss the longer ending of Mark's Gospel next week uh, because it's a big, uh, big topic. And I know many of your Bibles will say something like this, this is not original or, or it's a spurious ending. And so we want to talk about that and, and by God's grace bring clarity to a confusing topic. But without getting into all that, I do believe that there is a very clear break here. I don't um, see any way around that. Almost an ending, if you will, before the last 12 verses. I don't think that necessarily means that we should doubt the authenticity of the last verses, but but I see an abrupt ending there. And there is a shift towards the latter verses. And at this ending, or this paragraph break, it doesn't end how we would expect. It certainly seems incomplete. And it leaves us on a note of what next? What do we make of this then? If this is the ending of Mark's gospel, or even if it's just the end of the paragraph before Mark starts up again.
seems rather human of these women. That they would flee. They would be astonished and afraid to not know what to say to someone. Would they even believe me if I told them? We know that the disciples didn't believe at first. But we know from other Gospels and also from the ending of Mark, the last 12 verses, that the women did tell the disciples. And the disciples did see Jesus in Galilee. This word was indeed fulfilled, so we we are not left hanging. But, if we leave off at this verse, that is what we're left with. With just the promise of God. With the word. This revelation that He was alive. And you know what? Ever since Christ ascended into heaven, we've had to believe the resurrection of Jesus based on hearsay evidence. Based on not only Mark's account, but all the other accounts of the Gospel. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we must believe based on the same divine report the women heard. He is risen. Convincing proofs and physical sight aren't enough. It wasn't enough even in Jesus' day to see the empty tomb. Everyone in Judea could have checked out that tomb. And no one disputed that it was empty. That's powerful evidence for us in and of itself. But what they made of that was another story. Everybody in that day, had their own thoughts. Why is it so? The rumor circulated, Matthew tells us, by the chief priest was that it was stolen. And that's what is told today by Jewish rabbis. Faith receives the Word of God that Christ is risen and says, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll believe You though I cannot see. Jesus said as much to Thomas in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 29. Thomas saw Jesus. He was blessed by a divine appearance of the risen Lord. But this is what Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 29. Blessed are they who did not see, yet believed. Blessed are they who did not see, yet believed. What an encouraging word to hear from the Lord God. You see, generations have now followed Christ that have not seen, yet have believed. Now, seeing is not a bad thing. Thomas saw his Lord. We have many who saw the Lord. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians about 500 seeing the Lord at one time in Galilee.
these people saw their Lord and God and they believed. But it turns out that seeing isn't believing. Believing God, believing what He has revealed about Himself, that is seeing. That's seeing rightly. And those of us who want to look for signs, and it's very natural of us to to want to see something. It would make it easier if Jesus appeared in a vision to all of us. But He doesn't do that for everyone. He calls us to trust His Word. To believe that it is trustworthy. There really were eyewitnesses of Jesus. To believe is to say, I'll trust you. Even if I don't always see. Even if I don't see the whole picture. Even if I don't know what the next step is. I'll believe your message, Lord. The message is still the same today. It hasn't changed. The angel's Message is given hope and encouragement to the people of God for thousands of years. Jesus, the crucified one, is risen, and like a shepherd, he will go before and lead his people. That fact hasn't changed. The message is the same. He is risen. And the mission is still the same as well. The angel told the women to go and tell the disciples. And it wasn't only their mission. The Lord then told His disciples in person before He ascended into heaven. He gave them this commission, this calling. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all all that I have commanded you. Notice the emphasis on His Word, the Word of Jesus. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. There is, there is the, the mission, there is the message, and there is the Messiah, the Lord Himself who will go before His people. The question is, will you and I believe that Word? Will you and I go and tell about the risen Lord, following Him as He leads you on?